Hey, welcome to Evangel. Today, our lead pastor, Josh Shaldahl, has a teaching for you. So open up your Bible and listen in. I just want to give you a, a little reminder. I know some of you weren't here last week, but we started a new series called Bodybuilders, and we did a series before called Foundations, focusing on kind of a macro from the sky looking at the forest, what God wants out of the church. Just the church in general. If, if Christ is building the church, what does he want to build in us? And then we decided through this Bodybuilders series, let's kind of get in the trees, let's get in the blades of grass, and let's look at what God actually wants from this church, from this segment of the entire body of Christ that we call evangel, that gather here throughout the week. We are his church, and, and maybe what would God desire from us? What does he want us to do? What are we going to do with what he's put in our hands? I think that this church is called to be stewards of many things. I think God has put great missionaries in our hands and, and great causes that we can support. I think he's put a great city in our hands, amen, that we can uphold and that we can support. He's put the lives of our families in our hands. And it's our question that we have to answer about how we're going to steward those things, what we're going to do with the things that God has given us. Listen, to be bodybuilders, especially of the body of Christ, we have to make some decisions. One decision that we have to make that I talked about last week is a decision to go, a decision to get out of a place where we've been that's maybe been good, and like Abram, to go where God has called us to go, to do what he's called us to do, to get out of the tent, out of mom and dad's religion, and get into our own faith, get into our own relationship with Jesus, to get out of maybe what the church used to do and to become the church of the present and the future. Just because Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever doesn't mean the church has to be the same. But we should be fresh, and we should hear his voice, and we should be active following what he's calling us to do. We have to go. We also have to make a decision to grow that as God moves us out of our place of comfort, that he's going to expand us, that it's his desire for you to not to stay the same. It's his desire for you to grow and to expand in your capacity to be a leader in your field, to be a leader and a blessing to your family, to no longer be what you used to be, maybe when you were in chains and in bondage, but now to be brought into a spacious place that's greater than what you've experienced before. He calls us to grow, and I want to talk about that today. And then lastly, next week, I'm going to talk about the decision to know. Maybe God calls you to go to Panama, and then he expands you, and you have to come back, and you have to say, God is expanding us. He's increasing our capacity. Will you help us? And then there's this discernment that has to kick in where we know his will, where no longer do I just go and follow Jesus and no longer do I just grow in my relationship with Jesus, but day after day, I make a decision to know him and to discern his plan for my life, what is right, what is wrong, which way that I should walk, how I should walk, how I should walk through the situations of life that maybe come my way. It's not only discovering his will, but committing wholeheartedly to his will. Being a full-fledged follower of Jesus, not just in what I say, but even in my actions, even in what others perceive about me. I remember a decision of my own to grow, and many of you have heard the story, but running a half marathon a couple years ago, I don't know if I've run a day since, but I did it. And I remember one day I was out running, and, and an advisor had told me, you know, you don't want to run the full 13 miles before the race, you just want to run 11. And then on the race day, the adrenaline and excitement of the race will carry you through the last two. So my goal a few weeks before the race, was that I was going to run 11 miles. And that's a long ways. 
You know, you start to drive your car 11 miles around Bismarck and then think about running that much. It's, it's wild. And, uh, and I began to run and I ran down to the Y and then I ran around the golf course a few times, you know, trying to rack up a few miles. And then I ran back home and I got home and my, whatever was measuring my miles said 10.6. And if you know me, I don't quit at 10.6. I'm not a roundup kind of guy. I'm like, it is black or white. You made it or you didn't. So I was going to finish these 0.4 miles and I'm at my front door and I'm tired and I, I, I'm really thinking in my mind, you know, getting hit by a car might be better than what I'm feeling right now. But I decided I was going to run up to the end of my street and back until I had reached 11 miles. And I remember it had to be like this, like a turtle's passing, you know, and it was bad. I was tired. And I remember finally getting done and walking in my front door and getting to the steps of our split level home and kind of collapsing on the steps thinking, this is it. I can't even make it to the kitchen for a glass of water. I'm going to die right here after 11 miles. But I remember what somebody told me about running and they said, even when you get to areas where you're running further than you have ever been before and your body is screaming, stop, and I can't go any further. This person told me, just remember that every step from that point on is progress. That every step that you take your body beyond where it's been is progress. It is painful. You want to get hit by a car. You want it to end. But you just have to remember in your perspective that your body is increasing its capacity with every step of progress that you take further than maybe where you've gone before. And so is the nature of growing. That if we're going to grow, you can't just rely on what God spoke to you yesterday or, or last time you had a great experience with him. But really, growth is one step at a time. It's pushing yourself, pushing your limits in your relationship with God to go places and to go further than he's called you to go before. To even when you feel like if you take one more step of faith, if you say that thing you know you're supposed to say to your friend in love about their life, that you're just going to crack, that it's going to end. You have to remember that in those moments, God is, prog- is progressing within you. He's actually growing you. He's doing something great in you. Unfortunately, we find in scripture, in the example I'm going to use, that that kind of growth doesn't happen without pain. And if, if you've maybe had a situation in your life where you've had to grow, you understand maybe the pain that it can accompany growth or the pain that can accompany growing in your capacity as a person. See, in 1 Chronicles 4, the Bible talks about a guy named Jabez who uh, is a very short glimpse and maybe even an example for us of what growth might look like. And in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. And his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with pain. Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, that it might not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. I don't know maybe what your situation is. Maybe there's a Jabez situation in your life where you know God wants to do something. Or you know there's a promise in scripture that says that you can live a certain way, but you've not been living that way because it would be painful to grow into that person. Maybe it's a miracle that you need. Maybe there's some financial situation in your life where God is increasing your trust. He's increasing your growth by allowing you to walk through a trial. Maybe it's an addiction that you have that you know that It is for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free, but to actually get freedom is a painful decision. 
Maybe it's coping with the situation that has come your way. Maybe you've been in one of those situations where it seems like it was bad and then it was worse. And then it got worse. And you're, you're trying to think in your mind of how possibly you're going to get out of this. There's been so many situations that I've read in the news and even from people's posts on Facebook about tragedy. And not only did they experience tragedy, but it's tragedy upon tragedy upon tragedy. And you think, oh, the separation seems so far from what God's original plan, or, or maybe experiencing growth in the midst of that pain. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a horrible diagnosis for you that has pushed you beyond your own strength or beyond your own capacity to deal with. Maybe it's simply stress about the future. Maybe you're just starting college. Tis the season for school. One of my friends told me something great for college students. I'll encourage you that are college students today. Jesus had three years to raise up disciples and to reach those around him, and God gave you four. And in all seriousness, your college experience or your high school experience was more about just, it's about more than just getting through four years. Secondary is your degree. Secondary is your, your social time. Secondary is everything compared to the calling of God on your life to reach those that are around you. And Jesus did it in three years. And out of his humor and his grace for you college students, he gave you four. Go and do the same. <laughs> but you have to approach college in that way, knowing that first and foremost, your relationship with the Lord has to come first. See, as people of faith, we need to regularly expose ourselves to opportunities to expand as people. Regularly exposing ourselves to opportunities to increase our capacity or to grow spiritually. The problem is often that we are dragged into decisions to grow because of our resistance to the pain of growing. So we resist pain, we resist growing, we resist growing in our walk with the Lord because it's painful. It requires discipline. So God allows trials to come into our lives to move us forward, where instead of being people that are just dragged in to change, we need to be people that initiate change in our own lives. We need to initiate spiritual growth in ourselves by disciplining ourselves to pursue God, to know him. We need to in, in, introduce pain or introduce change into our lives in the way that we think and interact with the people around us. If we will introduce it, there's something that happens where our, our personal initiation of something brings divine intervention into that situation. But too often, we don't want to initiate it because we like to just kind of sit down where we are, what's comfortable, what's good, don't change anything, don't disrupt the status quo, I'm just going to sit here. And the grace of God brings a trial or a tribulation into your life to move you forward. See, it's so easy to just give in to worry. They say worry is a rocking chair, it gives movement, but it doesn't take you anywhere. It's not progress. We can sit down and say, oh my gosh, Janae, we're having a baby in February. Dear Jesus, have mercy. Rock that chair. We don't even have a house yet. Man, you can't buy a house in Bismarck without selling the dog and everything else. You know, man, what are we going to do? And, 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 if that, and then we told the church we're having a baby. So there's all these demands of the church. And then there's that one guy in the church. Man, I could just punch him in the head, you know. I, but I don't ever think that. And then... 
And you can just sit in that rocking chair all day and let anxiety and let uh, this separation between your own strength and capacity versus where God is taking you. You can just let it kill you and stall you out and discourage you. Or you can initiate. You can take personal initiation. And at some point, life is good, but I know i got to turn around, put my head into the wind, and keep progressing. And not just kind of settle in where I've been. Because I can either progress or God will help progress me. And I would rather move myself forward than have him in a loving way move me forward. I would rather progress on my own. See, as people of faith, we ought to progress. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Maybe you've noticed that the Bible is clear that, that the first fruits of our tithe of what we earn ought to go into the storehouse, ought to go to the church that we uh, call home, or that we ought to give and support missionaries. And maybe your budget just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Well, Proverbs says... The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. But the world of the generous, when you just take that step of progress on your own, gets larger and larger. You increase the opportunity for God's blessing to come into your life when you progress, when you step forward. John 15, 8 says, This is to my Father's glory, this is Jesus, that you bear much fruit. See, fruit doesn't just naturally happen. Right? You can say, you can say, I'm following Jesus. I just hope that I'm getting more patient. I just hope that I'm getting more loving and I hope that I'm getting more kind and I hope that I'm, I'm getting whatever. And then the next opportunity, let's call it an opportunity to be patient comes along and you realize, oh, things haven't really changed. <laughs> Same response. No, it takes personal initiation. It takes putting your head down and stepping forward and demonstrating patience in your own life, looking at a situation. The Bible says, love the least of these, that as you've loved the least of these, you've loved me. You don't just naturally love the least of these, but you step into the world of the least of these and God gives you a heart for them. You progress, you grow your capacity by stepping forward and stepping into it. The reality is that expanding our capacity or deciding to grow is not easy It's not natural, and it's definitely not automatic. We could sit in this great church with all these people and talk about how we have to tell people to scoot together and say, yeah, growth at Evangel is just automatic. It's easy. It's natural. But the moment you get that mindset with any area of your life and you just kind of sit down in what's comfortable, you start going down the other side of the mountain. No, instead, we have to say, this is good, and this feels great, and God has blessed, but there's more. And you have to make a decision to progress into the next thing. Yeah, God has blessed my family. He's blessed my finances. He's proven himself faithful in these things that I've done, but there's more. Yeah, maybe God is speaking to me this morning. Maybe he wants me to give my life to him. Maybe he's calling me to do something for him. I can just make that decision you know, in my, in my mind and in my heart and then walk out of church and live, you know, the totally same way that I've always lived. Or I can say, but there's more. And I can make a decision to grow and I can make a decision to progress. The problem is it's painful. As we saw in the scripture, Jabez wasn't birthed easily. Jabez, the change agent in our life, is birthed painfully. The decision to grow is painful. You know that that 
relationships come by painful commitment. A, a great marriage doesn't just lackadaisically happen. A great marriage comes by commitment. That it's the natural process and function of life that good things maybe come through a Jabez-like situation. Money comes by work, or it's supposed to. Babies come by labor. Health comes by endurance. It's the natural course of life. That by embracing the Jabez in a situation, we can step into what God has. We can step out into the greater thing that we delight, that we've wanted all along, but it takes embracing the pain. It takes embracing the intermediate step where it's easier to just sit back and stay comfortable where you've always been. It takes that step forward, that progressing forward. See, for me, the the challenge of our church is that we could just be who we are and be comfortable, and I like all of you, and we could all just hang out. That'd be fun for the next, like, 10 years and never grow, never reach anybody else, just have a great little commune of, you know, evangel people be fun. But there's kind of this overarching statement that one of the past pastors of this church said, and he said, we are always led by our desire to reach a city for Christ. Oh, shoot. You know, there goes our little utopia we were going to develop together. Because that means that we're going to progress. That means that if our desire truly is to connect real people to a real God, if our desire truly is to reach a city for Christ, then we're not allowed to just sit back, but we have to take all the blessing we've already seen and turn and say, but there's more. And that's painful and it's challenging. And for you and I, it is going to challenge us. I can promise you over the next year, we're going to be challenged in our giving. We're going to be challenged in how we do ministry. We're going to be challenged to get involved. Some of you are going to become great mentors and great small group leaders and great ministry leaders. And right now you're thinking, that's not me. That's for that other more spiritual person down the row. But it's you. And God is calling you out. And he's waiting for your personal initiation to bring his divine investment so he can do in you what only he can do in you. See, to give you a little bit of the strategic plot real quick, we're going to focus the ministries of our church around five ministries. More than ever before. One being e-kids. The second being element students. The third being UG young adults. The fourth being what we're going to call evangel adults. And the fifth being primetime senior adults. And everything that we do, all the resources we, and energy that we, that we give are going to come from those ministries. Because it touches every demographic in our church. Just maybe for those of you that are wondering, I know one area that we haven't established is evangel adults. What we're looking to do is to establish strong and thriving men's, women's, and family ministries. And we're building the framework right now. Hopefully that will come in about six events a year. Two for parenting and marriage. Two for men and two for women. And out of that will come discipleship and small groups and marriage mentorship. Those types of things. They're going to help us to grow as a church, especially for those of us that are maybe 30 to 50 or 60. We're trying to build that right now, that infrastructure, but we need some of you that are experienced in those areas to come forward. And it's one of the areas that we want to grow in. See, once we've embraced the clause of change, the clause of embracing the pain, 
We see from Jabez's life that we open ourselves up to the opportunity to reach God and to be heard by him. The Bible says, now Jabez called on God, the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm that may not pain me. I was reading a commentary by J.A. Thompson and he talks about Jabez. He says, Jabez called on the God of Israel to turn any possible disaster into blessing. God granted his request and responded to an earnest prayer. Come on, if you've experienced a disaster, God wants to turn it into a blessing today. If you've experienced pain, God wants to turn it around and produce it into growth for your life so that you can do what you were called and made to do and become more like Jesus and look more like him to the people that are around you. The power of God can overcome the liabilities of the past and the present. I don't know what your past looks like, but I look at the liabilities of my past that when they say, what do you have to offer? I don't bring them up. They say, what are your strengths? Here they are. What are your weaknesses? I don't talk about them. I don't share them. You don't flaunt them around for people to see, but we all have them. The power of God can overcome the liabilities of your past and your present to give you a future that is an asset for the kingdom of God. Come on, what a promise from God. But listen, it doesn't come in your own strength. It continues saying that the writer of Chronicles believed in the efficiency of prayer and spoke of it often in later chapters. See, we can do this whole thing by our own strength. We can do this whole change, try to get out of our rut in our own strength. But you know what? Even people that don't worship God or claim Jesus call on a higher power because they know that it has to go beyond your own strength. What we know is that Jesus is the one. That hundreds, thousands of years later, 300 testimony, or 300 prophecies later that he came and fulfilled, we know that he's the one. We know that we can rely on him and we know that the power that overcomes the liabilities of the past and the present comes through him and comes by him. See, our desperation as people, when we realize we need to change, when we realize we need to embrace pain, when we realize as a church we need to get a little desperate again, we've gotten a little settled in, we've gotten a little comfortable doing it on our own, and we need a little desperation to settle in again and say, God, this is too big for me. The desire to reach a city for Christ is too big for me. Or I've made it about the wrong thing. See, that desperation brings discipline, and discipline then yields desire, and desire bears delight. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And people say, well, I just don't delight reading my Bible. I just don't delight serving God. It is the discipline that actually starts the process of delight in your life. It's the discipline that, that brings the desire, that desire that brings delight, that brings satisfaction into your life. We don't get out of it without the Jabez. It's that Jabez, that embracing pain, embracing progress, embracing being stretched, that actually brings us into a place where God can give us and fulfill the desires of our heart. Last verse says, God granted what was requested. God answered. I want to close with bringing it back to Jesus. Maybe with a story that many of you are familiar with in Matthew 9, 20 to 22. 
It says this, just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Personal initiation. A woman who had suffered and struggled and embraced a Jabez situation in her life says, if I can only touch him, I will be healed. And she initiates what God already wants and plans to do in her life. And then divine intervention comes. And the Bible says Jesus turned and saw her. And he said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. The woman was healed at that moment. See, personal initiative or desperation reaped divine involvement or the miracle in that woman's life. Do you know today that we still serve a Jesus? We still serve a God who walks by bleeding, dirty women. We still serve a Jesus who walks by the one that has committed maybe the worst sin amongst any of us today. He's not a a Jesus that looks at you and he says, okay, where's that 10-foot pole? And pushes you off. But we serve a Jesus that when you reach for him, when you're falling, extends his hand. We're so glad you joined us today. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged by these teachings every week. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. Send us an email at mystory@goevangel.org. For more information about our church, check us out online at goevangel.org.